Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, September 25th edition, Talking Clash of Champions. Uh, this show brought to you by DraftBeast.com and on it. Go to DraftBeast.com for the most fun you will ever have playing fantasy football, my friends. I made the mistake of not starting Jeremy Hill against my better judgment. I had a feeling he was going to deliver, and he did. And I wasn't smart enough to start him, and I didn't do so hot today. I will admit so if you played me today, then lucky you, because it's not going to happen again. It's just not happening again. I refuse to give up any more of my money to, to you plebs. But either way, also visit on it, fightful.com slash podcast. Go to any of those podcast pages. See that big blue on it link. Check out their supplements, their equipment, uh, their apparel, used by the likes of Bailey, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Triple H, CM Punk, even his opponent, Mickey Gall, uses it. Joseph Benavidez, lots of uh, MMA fighters, pro wrestlers, athletes use that on it. I use it. It helps me put in those extra hours here at Fightful.com. Lots of work to be done at this site. Tons, always. And uh, luckily, Shroom Tech, Alpha Brain, and New Mood keep me going. We're going to be talking Clash of, Champ- Clash of Champions tonight as well as UFC Brasilia, because I didn't uh, get to cover that this weekend. I was at a wedding. Showdown Joe was out of town. We'll talk a little bit about Ryzen as well. But I am joined by our lead reporter at Fightful.com, Alex Palowski. You covered this show. How you feeling after that? God, that was awful. That was <laughs> dreck. Like- well, I'll, I'll say this. Compared to the original brand split, some of those SmackDown-only pay-per-views we got with like mm-hmm. Kenzo Suzuki and Hardcore Holly, which, I mean, Hardcore Holly was on the higher end of things there. Right. But like Luther Reigns and people like that, this would compared to those, this would have yeah. been a good show. But compared to modern-day standards and what we saw with Backlash, given what yeah. we expected, I give this a, a C-minus at best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I, I, if I was charitable, I would go with the C plus. <laughs> it's just, it's just not, not enough. I mean, from some of the botchy spots to really weird booking, uh, you know, it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't able to, to do. I mean, I liked that the matches were long, that they got, they left the people a chance to work. I like that as a thing. If these are going to be uh, brand only specific uh, pay-per-views, what they did with Backlash was a really great way of, of doing that. This was a really bad way of doing that, but at least it's the same basic idea. Less matches, let them go for longer. But 
to no avail. Somebody on Twitter trying to tell me that Indianapolis is right next door to Chicago. Bro, you need to take a a geography class because they are hours apart. (laughs) Either way, uh, somebody says our Tuesday questions being answered tonight. I get it. I get it. I messed up and – or discussed messed up, and the Tuesday questions weren't answered. Uh, we didn't do a Wednesday show with Showdown Joe. He is in Japan. We didn't do a weekend show with him, so I will be talking about the UFC show tonight. Somebody asked when we're talking UFC Portland. That will be Wednesday. Showdown Joe and I will be back. We'll talk about uh, his experience at Ryzen. Uh, his, we'll talk a little bit about the Cyborg fight, and we'll also preview UFC Portland. Alex, you might be the only person in North America who watches Raw tomorrow night. I might go into the podcast completely blind and just have you explain it to me. Oh my God. Can, can we do it the other way around where I don't have to watch it? No, and you hell can no. It? Hell no. Part of your job is that you have to cover the show. Oh, my God. I have to edit your covering of the show, but, <laughs> but rare, to be honest, rarely do I have to edit any of your work. Thank you. And luckily, <laughs> we'll, we'll have Trina here tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Maybe she'll actually watch the show. I'm going to watch the show. I will watch the show. But when you have Clinton versus Trump, man, I just – if they fight, if they fight, if they actually fight, then Raw is going to draw like maybe a million viewers. Maybe. Maybe. If Clinton and Trump really fight, then Lucha Underground might beat Raw in viewership this this week. So this show – we started off with Alicia Fox and Nia Jax, which was better than I expected because it was mainly it was mainly Alicia Fox beating the living shit out of uh, Nia Jax. I thought that was cool. I thought that was fine. Nia Jax hit a nice looking Samoan drop and won the match. How long do you think they're, they're holding off until they put Nia Jax into the title picture, Alex? Uh, I don't know. She hasn't had a single interaction with any of the women who were in the title picture. Not she hasn't spoken to them since she's on the main roster. It's like she's in a different division. It's like the division, there's one division, which is uh, Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey, and by extension with Charlotte, Dana Brooke is there. And then it's Nia, Alicia Fox, and a bunch of jobbers. I mean, we haven't seen Paige since the brand split. We haven't seen Summer Rae since the brand split. That's the entire roster. Um, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I mean, this was weird. It was like... They they had the match go on much longer. For the first time since she's been on the main roster, Nia Jax was putting Alicia in a rest hold. Like, it felt like at any time she could have thrown her into the sun, but she just decided to, like, no, I'm going to hang out and give, put you in a chin lock for a while. It just didn't seem like the stuff they were building with the stories uh, of the jobber squashes. So I guess that's fine, but uh, I think a... a, a more impactful story would have been having Nia continue squashing people. Yeah, probably because Alicia got a lot of offense in here. And this is the common theme in these Nia Jax matches are that people always go to the chokes, whether it's rear naked chokes or guillotine chokes, which she has proven to be susceptible to in the past. The problem is, on commentary, either they don't reference that or they're not allowed to reference that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're not allowed to reference the fact that Nia Jax has been beaten with one of those because you don't want the girl who has been squashing people to look susceptible to that. But then it's like, okay, then why are you doing it? Yeah, there's there's a great story to be told later 
when she's in a feud with Bailey and Bailey can say, remember that time when I beat you and I, and like all that stuff. And, and, and I can say, yeah, that was a year and a half ago. I'm a little different now. You know what I mean? Cause it does. She was very green back then. She's a lot. She looks like she's much more fearsome now with the, some of the stuff she, she really puts some oomph into some of the stuff she does now where she didn't back then. So I think there's a good story to be told there eventually, whenever they're going to get around to it. I, I really wouldn't be opposed to them moving towards that because if Nia Jax beats Bailey, it's not the end of the world because she's Nia Jax has beaten Bailey before. And with the Bailey character, you kind of do have to beat her down. That way she can get that type of underdog reaction. Because if she's female John Cena, then people might get tired of her a little quickly. I don't know. She she's kind of a different type of character. So I don't know if, if that will happen. But Nia Jax got the win. I like Alicia Fox. I like her a lot. I wish she would I, I wish she were utilized a lot more, but that's not yeah. the case. Uh Alex, is New Day gonna beat Demolition's record? Well that's the that's the scuttlebutt is maybe since Demolition joined that lawsuit that WWE's mad at them enough to do this. I mean, the thing was when when I saw they were leading off the show, I was like, oh, New Day's winning. Because there's no way you're booking a title change where the, the super baby face, everybody loves the guys, lose right off the bat and kill the crowd. Mm-hmm. So it became kind of a foregone conclusion. But, um, I mean, I don't. there's only really one heel team on the roster that stands a chance, and that's the club. And they've proven again and again they can't get the job done. I mean, if you booked them to, they could. But you continue to book them to not be able to beat the New Day. So I don't know what their competition is at this point, unless you turn Enzo and Cass heel. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot of competition for them. I mean, I guess it wouldn't mind it if that was the story. Like, if they came out tomorrow and said, that's what we're driving toward, trying to beat that record, that might be fun. But if they're just going to sneak it up on us, I'm not, I'm not down for that. As I've mentioned before, had they not given – primetime players that really weird inexplicable rain they would have already had the the right thing but you know demolition didn't join that lawsuit last year they joined it this year so there's that this match was just fine i thought i loved how fast it started off i loved the pace that they that they started off with I like that the new day really didn't change a whole lot about themselves by turning Literally, the only real thing they they changed between turning baby face or heel to baby face was they don't trash the locals. That's it. They still yep. cheat. Mm-hmm. They still make fun of people. They still do that. So I mean, a lot of people say they're stale, and sure, of course, they're way more stale than they used to be. But I'm yeah. fine with this, and I'm fine with them. I think if they hold it all the way till WrestleMania, a baby face versus baby face match, or if they go heel against Enzo mm-hmm. and Cass, yeah, I think that's a great place to do it because. You have your two most over tag teams in the last what 10, 15? Well, Team Hell No was really, really over. They were so, over. They were really over. So I don't know. Two of the most over teams right. in ten to fifteen years. But well, yeah, I'm fine with this man. On the other brand, we got Rhino and Slater, who might that be the most true. over tag team. <laughs> that's true. I know yeah. one thing. He Slater got his pool, which is over ground. He finally got it. That's right. It's above he posted Grand it pool. on Twitter. It's a very nice above ground pool. It is. And he's able to pay for that because he is a WWE tag team champion. That's right. Great, great storyline over there. 
TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick. Uh, this match was not what I hoped, and I really hope that Vince McMahon didn't see this. I made a, I made a tweet in jest saying that Vince McMahon probably went to uh, Triple H and said, well, pal, we tried it. Let's keep him to four minutes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were not on the same page. No. They had some cool spots, as as they would with any match, but yeah. – I, These two I, guys were on the same page. Yeah, they weren't on the same page. I did like some of the in-ring storytelling. There was a there was a spot where uh, T.J. Perkins went for a 450, and uh, per- and then Kendrick just basically just sat up out of the way, and mm-hmm. uh, no water in the pool. He lands and he goes right into the bully choke, which is exactly how his uh, Kendrick's second round match with Tony Nese ended. Is the exact same finish. So. You know, TJP had that scouted and was able to, to you know, break out of that. Did they mention that on commentary? No, nope, that's just something that I know because I've watched way too much wrestling. But it was a really and cool And you previewed moment. it and you covered it yeah. and all that yeah, stuff. Exactly. But uh, I like that um, that they're playing with uh, Kendrick as being this desperate heel who, like, will do anything to win, uh, which is why I kind of wanted him to, to not tap out so quickly. But I did like the headbutt at the end, like, you know, furthering him as that character. Um, but, yeah, it just was weird that they never introduced TJP to us on Raw. And he comes out. I love, love, love his Sega Genesis entrance music. That's awesome. That was incredible. <laughs> that was great. That was really That hit, cool. I, was, I didn't want to make too much of a big deal out of it. I was like, has this been a thing? And I just didn't notice, and I'll look really dumb if I say mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Now, he did because not have that during the CWC. That is not something. Have they employed? They've never employed like an eight or sixteen bit theme before, no. have they? Not that Man, I know. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, the CWC really benefited. They they were able to have long edited matches as well. Yeah. They don't have that luxury here. I, I liked it. I don't know if it was a pre-tape or live whatever tj perkins said backstage but with the crappy verbiage he was given i thought he did just fine i'm pretty yeah. sure vince mcmahon saw that and said that hey, sure fine yeah that's cool but they they were just off off in in the ring and hopefully that changes because they don't have the benefit of edited matches like right. from here on out no, no matter what they're on they're live right but the thing was that the the live matches on the live finale of the cwc were great like TJP sure. and Grand Metal Metalik were in definitely they were in lockstep. They knew what they were doing. So I don't know if it was they just also a thing had more restrictions on them here too. That's true. That is true. Uh, so but they I mean, may have been told do this, don't do this. Yeah. The thing is, is that that the guy who I think is going to make or break the cruiserweight division is Cedric Alexander. When they when they give him a real run, the the audience is is going to love him. And they may decide that he's too good to be in the cruiserweight division. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a he's a possible future NXT champion if they keep booking him the way they're doing down there too. I would really like for them to take a page out of the New Japan book with this and like some cruiserweight talents sign heavyweight contracts. Yeah, like if if, if they're listing Sami Zayn as two hundred and five pounds on their website, right. then I think that you know maybe Mick Foley should approach him backstage and say. Well, listen, you're going to have to make a call here. Do you want to sign a cruiserweight contract or a heavyweight contract? 
Right. And, you know, there's always the option of moving up and back and all that. But, but yeah, yeah, I wonder who agented this match. I wonder if it was that feisty cruiserweight road dog or (laughs) – He was deceptively athletic to his credit. I remember one time I think I saw a cage match with him against the Hardy Boys – and he did that spot where he ran up the turnbuckles and did the backflip over them. I was like, where the hell's that been? Which, I mean, yeah. to be fair, he never really needed it. That era True. wasn't always about the in-ring quality or anything like that. So, TJ Perkins won. Kendrick hit him with a headbutt after the match. Sure. Cesaro versus Sheamus. This had the highest of highs and some of the lowest of lows. Yep. It really did. Yep. Yep. I don't even I don't know where to start with this, Alex. This is this is they beat the living shit out of each other yeah. per usual. That that's yeah. always on the docket when these two are facing each other. Cesaro and Sheamus just beat the hell out of each other. And this was a a very good match. A fantastic, enjoyable match to watch. A couple of things. I don't want to see people doing suicide dives in the WWE anymore. For both because they're dangerous. And because I just don't want to see them. They're not special. Everybody does them. Rollins did two or three of them in a row. And Cesaro almost killed himself. Right. The, they have. He might have, he might have a broken neck for all we know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know exactly why that match, you know, that was a, a very wonky finish. It, I don't know. It did not. Yeah, it was, it was weird. So who knows what that finish was, was, was based on. But – but well, yes. I think they're getting a tag title match. I think that's what's going on. <laughs> that's just my my speculation is, yeah, the ref, the ref stopped the match. They beat each other up so bad, the ref just stopped the match. I think they're getting a tag team title match. I think that's going to be the championship opportunity they get. They have to team with each other against the New Day? Sure. All right. That's, that's better than just, you know, having them wrestle again tomorrow night. You know, you know, because that's basically probably what's going to happen. Ah, best of nine, you know, just keep stretching it out. Um, as far as your suicide dive thing, I, I agree that it should be much used much more sparingly. There are people who can pull it off. Grand Metalik has an amazing suicide dive. If King Cuerno from Lucha Underground ever oh, makes yeah. it to WWE, they can't take that away from him. That's, that's him. That's, that's what he does. So there are, there are guys who shouldn't be attempting it. And after tonight, Cesaro should not attempt that again. Uh, it's just we'll, not- we'll put Cesaro and Big E among yeah. those two who shouldn't yeah. be doing that dive. Also Sin Cara, also Seth Rollins, also Dean Ambrose should not be trying those anymore because it looks like they're gently pushing their opponent once they make contact. It does not look impressive, yep. and, it, and it could be you know deleterious to their health. So let's not have them do that. It's not a suicide dive when they do it. It's more like a fourth degree assault dive. <laughs> misdemeanor. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a misdemeanor dive. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a four year old jumping out of a, of a of a tree dive. Like that's how dangerous it is. So it just yeah. needs to be a little more special. Yeah. Um. So they beat the crap out of each other. Cesaro almost killed himself. This was really, really good. And then they had that non-finish, and I'm like, damn, what's going on here? Like, for their physical health and my mental health, I don't want to see them wrestle anymore. Yeah. Even though it's good, it's just I can't can't care about it anymore. Like, 
I don't want to see Sam Stout and Spencer Fisher fight anymore in the UFC either. They fought like three or four times. I don't want to see them fight either. Not because it's not good. Because, damn, how many times can you do it? Right. Uh, I'm. They, they made me care. You know, halfway through the match, I was like, wow, I really want to know who, won, who wins this thing because these guys are giving it their all. So there, there really needed to be – I didn't care who. I mean – I was rooting for Cesaro because you root for Cesaro. But I didn't care if Seamus won, just as long as there was a definitive end to this best of seven. And they decided, for whatever reason, to push that off to something else. And I I can't make myself care again. It's just I've been burned too much by this series. (laughs) It's not good. I agree. And the crowd crowd was really into it. The crowd was really hot for the first couple hours of this show. They were, they were a great crowd in Indianapolis. I almost went to this, but I didn't. I had a wedding this weekend, and I was like, maybe I'm cutting it too close. And then I always wonder, how will I do the podcast if I go to a show live? How will I do that? Will I do it on a phone as I'm walking out of the arena? I don't want to do that. So didn't yeah. go. Didn't go. Guys, if you are watching on YouTube, go uh, check out our podcast page at Fightful.com. Go check out everything at Fightful.com. We had a lot of people asking, well, where's the Vince Russo show? Where's the the Matt Riddle show? They won't show up on YouTube for a couple of days, two or three days. You go to Fightful.com, register for an absolutely free account, no credit card required. You get early access to the Vince Russo podcast, the Matt Riddle podcast, our Showdown Joe podcast, as well as columns from Showdown Joe, Vince Russo, our forums, which are being overhauled. We also are going to make a change soon to where – each, like the wrestling page, the MMA page, the boxing page, have their own landing pages where it's got all of our wrestling stuff, all of our MMA stuff, and all of our boxing stuff as well. Uh, we're also adding a feature section. That way you can more easily access people like Alex Pawlowski. You, you all love his reaction pieces that he does throughout the week. Also, you all really like the, the opinion pieces we've done. Uh, myself, uh, Zach, did a great one uh, that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, Jimmy Van, the owner of the site, does great work. I mean, he made his living in pro wrestling writing before going off and becoming a big shot in Toronto. So those will be more easily accessible. Of course, you'll get our exclusive backstage news when you sign up for free at Fightful.com. But if you want those podcasts, early access, Fightful.com is the place to be. Go there. Uh, just visit Fightful.com in general, you guys. Uh, we give you the Raw and SmackDown YouTube rankings every week. More live viewing parties than any other website in the world. I'm talking WWE, TNA, UFC, Ring of Honor, Bellator, everything on Fight Pass. David T's covers. He's a machine. It's really weird. Like, if we did PED testing, I'm not sure his would come back clean. That's He's failing that wellness test, I think. Like, I didn't even know the guy was covering Ryzen. And then <laughs> up at 2 in the morning, it's like, Ryzen live viewing party. I was like, hot damn. <laughs> hot damn this guy. Yeah. Um, five to seven podcasts a week. Brandon Howard's financial analysis. We're doing live viewing parties for uh, UFC, Bellator, and Ring of Honor. Or not Bellator. If Bellator has a show, we're doing one. But TNA, Bound for Glory, uh, and Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza coming up soon. I'll have the Wikipedia True or False, our monthly segment coming up this week. And, of course, we have exclusive interviews from Cyborg, Chael Sonnen, CM Punk, Muhammad Hassan, EC3, Daniel Cormier. 
I'm done with the pitch there, you guys. But visit Fightful.com. Share the page, Facebook, Facebook pages, Reddit, Twitter. All that stuff really helps. And the more you share it, uh, the happier our bosses are with us and the more that we can do the damn thing. That was a lot to go through. We got a lot of good shit at Fightful.com, Alex. We do. We do. It's it's a pleasure to work here and even more pleasure to read. You know, it's funny because people were always like, when are you going to start your own site? And I was like, I don't want to start my own site. I've told this story before. I was like, I want a dude who loves wrestling or or woman, whoever, that loves wrestling and has a lot of resources to be like, here, just tell us what you want and we'll do it. And that is exactly what Jimmy Van did. And he was like, hey, bring on the people that you want. And I was like, really? I can just pick? I can just pick all these people that I like and I like their work. And as it turns out, it's working pretty well. Either way, enough with the pitch. Sami Zayn versus Cesar, or Chris Jericho. I don't know. I might actually like pitching the website more than I like this match. I, I was not a fan of this match. And entertainment subjective, all that, to each their own. I didn't like the match. Yeah. How, did you did you like it? What were your thoughts? You covered the damn thing. Yeah, it was it was it was the it was the it was it the, it might have been the worst match of the night. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just there was you know I don't th- and that let me cut you off. Sorry, I don't think there were any terrible matches tonight. There right. were no matches that I'd look at and be like, man, that was just a stinker, start right. to finish, a stinker. It's just there was also nothing that was like, damn, that was really good. But right. sorry, yeah, Zayn and Jericho. I mean, it was a it was a uh, a very obvious storyline within the match. Like, Sami Zayn is energetic and impetuous, and Chris Jericho is a coward who will cut all the corners he can to win. And eventually, at the end of the match, one of those two styles is going to win out. And in this case, it was Jericho playing possum and hitting the code breaker. That was it. I mean, there was there was no there were no big spots within the match that like oh that was really great or that was a really cool uh, transition from this to this. It was just yeah, okay, you know. And and that's too bad because you, what the the crazy thing is, is that you have these match of the year candidates that Sami Zayn has been in this year with the current. WWE Universal title holder. So they've got to be holding something back for that to have, you know, Sammy versus Owens. This time it's for the title. Like that's got to be a thing they've got in the back burner at some point, right? So I guess this against, you know, I mean, Jericho is great and he does a really, really great stuff uh, as Owens' new best friend. But this match was just not a great way to tell that story. I had a couple problems with this match. Like I'm not going to go like, like my Friday co-host Vince Russo doesn't say dives. Don't do them. I, I think Sami Zayn's his topic on Hilo is nice. I do like for there to be a reason as I've, as I've discussed with Vince on the show, you need a reason to do him. Like if a guy's running away from you and you got to cut him off. Sure. If it's a, if you prove that it's a high percentage, and not not that much of a risk, sure he's proven that. But when you do that dive and you land flat on your back on the on the ringside match and you pop right up, I think that's bad. 
you have to sell that that hurts. You absolutely have to sell that it hurts. And a lot of people will be like, well, Sean, you've said that it's not realistic to sell. It's not. You wouldn't sell if it didn't really hurt, but this is pro wrestling. That's why I've never been the type to be like, don't sell. You absolutely should. That's why pro wrestling is different from MMA. One's real, one's not. And you have to sell that that hurts. That's like Zane hit a clothesline on Jericho outside, and it was just like if he clotheslined him inside the ring, it's like he would have – he would have sold Jericho would have sold it more. I think you should really make that floor because the floor does hurt. Yeah, it's. I mean, it'd be like it, it go to any like wrestling gym, anything like that. The zebra mats that are on the, the concrete floor. That's basically they're working with less than that in the mm-hmm. WWE, and I'm sure that you know, it's not not fun, not fun. Yeah, so I, I wish that that could be done a little bit more, but this this was just. And especially after that backlash show where like everything over delivered, this is one of those right. things that just didn't. Nope. It was all just, just it was all just a six at best. You know, there was no there were no great, you know, jump out of your seat moments or matches. Absolutely. Uh, guys, I've been told to, to remind you we are revamping the forums very soon. They're going to be more user-friendly. You may have noticed I stopped the, the daily threads. That's because we want to encourage you to use the forums once they're up. I know they're a little bit clunky right now, so we're completely changing that up, completely changing it up. Uh, sending questions, by the way, I will uh, – Alex and I will answer them. That was my fa- – well, it wasn't my fault. It was Discuss's fault. I'm not taking the blame. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte versus Bailey. I thought this was pretty good. I liked it. I en- I enjoyed the match. I really liked the spot in the corner where Sasha had Bailey and Charlotte set up for the double knees, but she put Charlotte in there too far and allowed Charlotte to sneak out and then break up the pin. The ending was a little clunky. Yeah. And another major psychology issue. Alex, there is no disqualifications in a triple threat match. People keep asking, since when did that happen? It's been always. Because who are you going to DQ? You're just going to—it's not elimination. You can't eliminate somebody from the match. Why the hell, if it's no DQ, isn't Dana Brooke in there from the jump, helping out Charlotte? Does this make any sense to you, Alex? No. This is the thing. Um, yes, it's it's a no DQ rule, but. You can not disqualify Charlotte for things that Dana is doing, but as the ref, you can absolutely ban Dana from ringside. Yes. You can say, you're not part of this match. Leave. And they didn't. For whatever reason, they didn't do that. They banned Lana from the match later, but the, but the rules don't apply to this thing here. So there's not even any consistency within your own actual same night of programming. So, uh, yeah. Dana just kept getting involved and getting involved. If it was me, I would have been like, okay, Charlotte says to Dana, hey, pull Bailey out of the ring and just keep stomping on her against the barricade while I take out Shasha because she's hurt. She's got a bad back. So then you make it a one-on-one match. And there were a couple of times where where Dana got involved, uh, notably pulling Charlotte all the way out of the ring from the middle of the ring. But it was just, there was no consistency to it. She did enough to get banned, but they didn't ban her. But she didn't do enough to qualify the fact that they weren't banning her. Like, if you're not going to ban me, I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. I'm going to hit, a, I'm gonna hit oh. with a chair. 
every 12-year-old that played like SmackDown Shut Your Mouth figured out this psychology. You get your quote-unquote manager at ringside. They yeah. beat the living shit out of somebody. Come on now. We've all been there. <laughs> really weird. Like one of the unwritten rules, wrestling, you don't bury the ref. Especially it's really important. Don't bury the ref before like the main event because then it's like what – what authority does the referee hold? So at the same time, they buried the psychology of it and the ref because he allowed it to go on later on. Still, I, despite that, it was a somewhat enjoyable match because, I mean, Vincent Mann hasn't found a way to, <laughs> to get Bailey's reaction vacated yet. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. can't, he can't put her into a feud, uh, he can't put her into a feud that nobody cares about yet somehow. So people still make noise for her as it turns out. How long do you think it'll be? I think I think these girls could uh, main event Hell in a Cell. They could if they wanted to. In the cell? The Like have they had a female Hell in a Cell before? I don't believe they have. Which would be pretty the first ever female Hell in a Cell match? Main eventing yeah. that? Why the hell not, man? Yeah, I know. Let him do I it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the the thing that I always thought was going to happen going into tonight was that I, was, we'll get to it, but I assumed it was going to be Triple H getting involved somehow, uh, and that it was either going to be H Rollins or uh, Owen Zane Hell in the Cell, and it doesn't look like either of those things are are prevalent at this point. So why not? Why not do Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey in the cell, and that way you got to you can keep Dana out of it. She can be around on the outside, like Paul Heyman and those Brock Lesnar Hell in Cells. But, uh, yeah, but she's not going to be involved in it. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd see that. Fine match. Uh, Charlotte retains. Do you think they're going to stick with the triple threat, or do you think they're going with Charlotte and Sasha now? I guess. I mean, there was some really, there was some really good mid-match storytelling between Bailey and Sasha, saying, like, no, 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 we're not friends. We're both going for this thing, and they were they they fought each other as hard as they fought Charlotte, so that was good. But I don't know where this goes from here. I don't know how you eliminate one of the two from the title picture at this point, because what else do you do with them? Have them fight Dana Brooke? That'll be compelling, you know. Like it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a triple threat again, but then again, you know, that's going to get old after a while. So. There yeah. could be three or four matches, female matches on WrestleMania that mean something. Yeah. I like that. I like that because they have the talent to do that. They they certainly do. I mean, the quantity of talent. I never doubted that the, the, the roster had the quality of talent. But now they have the quantity of talent. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that Charlotte's finisher is the big boot. Now That looks like I it. I mean, like she's, she's won two consecutive matches with it. Uh, which, yeah. with Billy well, Kay's, she is a she's a tall girl. She's six feet. Sure, like six feet yeah. tall. Billy Billy Kay's winning with stuff like with that move in NXT. So if she ever gets called up, she doesn't get to do that anymore. And Alicia Fox used to win with a big boot, and I think I think her big boot is better looking than than Charlotte's. So I mean, who do you think is the best big boot of all time? Test. I was about to say the same thing. Test. Test. test and you, you test used to behead fools in the ring like that was crazy what he used to do yeah i get picked on by some of my friends because i'm i don't want to you know i like test a little bit like he 
the things that he did well, damn, he did them well. Like he was a six yeah. and a half foot dude doing flying elbow drops. And, but then he would like pick up a pump handle slam as a finish. And it's like, why? Yeah. I think that Test should have been the guy that won at Survivor Series 99 and had that month-long title reign. I think it should have been him beating Triple H sure. in that match because they had the, the ready-made storyline there. Or not beating Triple H. Is that who won that match? I can't remember who all was in that match. It was the night that Stone Cold Steve Austin got ran over and Big Show won the title. That's the one everyone remembers, yeah. So I don't remember yes. that part. I think it should have been Test winning that title and then losing it back to Triple H because then you could have got more heat on Triple H that way. Right. Shame what happened to that guy. Even more of a shame that he was dragged into that Hollywood medium shit that you covered. <laughs> By the way, yeah, Alex, I know you were excited. You seemed overjoyed about the news that the Bella Twins are going to be on Hollywood medium this week because you know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know that means you got to cover it. You better hope they release a trailer. Because no. if they release a trailer, that's all I'm making you watch. Over and over and over again. But listen, yeah. listen. If, <laughs> if you do have to watch the whole show, I'll talk to Jimmy and maybe they'll double your, your fee for that one. All right. That, that sounds good. Because, listen, if our writers ever unionize or anything like that, that's lawsuit material. If, yeah. if it comes up in court mm-hmm. and I'm in front of a judge and you all say, Sean Ross Sapp made me watch Hollywood Medium. <laughs> I, yeah. That civil suit's I coming back no in defense. my favor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Judge Judy's going to bang that gavel and <laughs> send me on my Before jolly get way. Too far away, I, uh, I want to know that I have not been checking the, the comments, but uh, the fact that I, uh, as everyone who seems to think here, that I look just like Albert. And I picked out Test as the best uh, big boot. That doesn't mean anything. I'm not actually Matt Bloom. Okay, we can move on from that. <laughs> uh, somebody says Luke Harper's big boot is amazing. Yeah, it is. Big Cass's is really that good is, too. Big Cass's is improving, and Luke Luke Harper's is very good. I'm looking forward to him being back because he is a really great worker, and I would really like to uh, to see him uh, be used in a, in a really great way when he comes back. Somebody says Charlotte's six feet. No, she's five foot ten, but if you put on the boots and you, you add the pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, I'm six feet tall, so in pro wrestling, I'm probably like six nine. Yeah, Big Cass is six eight and three quarters. He's not seven foot tall. But in wrestling, he's seven foot tall. Sure. And, and that's one of the questions. That. That's one of the questions I always ask on Wikipedia true or false with all the pro wrestlers. Like I asked EC3, it was so funny, because at the time I asked him, is your weight actually 246? And he's like, no, I've never been over 225 in my life. Since that was published, somebody went in and changed it to 252 on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> just to spite him. Yeah, just to spite him. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, if 777 is listening, please collect the, the questions. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that in there. Rusev versus Roman Reigns. Mm. Usually Rusev delivers in big matches, and usually Roman Reigns delivers in big matches. These guys delivered a C-minus match, in my opinion. And I hate to be that douchebag that grades them, but... Yeah. 
we had <laughs> we had somebody on on Twitter send a message to Fightful and say, "Oh, finally you get two guys working hard and the crowd's into it and you crap all over it." Unless CM Punk was in this match, I don't think that the crowd was into it. Yeah. Maybe I missed something. Yeah. I don't know. This this whole thing, this whole feud has been a lie the way they presented it. They've presented it as though Roman Reigns is somehow the good guy in this feud. I know he's nominally a babyface, but within this feud, he's been the instigator of everything. And that's yeah. not that's not, you know, you don't have that. That's not traditional heel face behavior. When you come out and you you're a wedding crasher, that's not what baby faces do. And you insult the this man and his and his bride. That's not what baby faces do. You start a fight. All these things. You 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 get wedding cake all over this woman. That's not good. And they've continued to present him as though he's this guy we should be rooting for. When really either he's insulting. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply people or he's taking fights way too far like in SummerSlam, after they stop the match when roman reigns comes out again to after they've stopped the match the match is over it's not sanctioned anymore it's done now he comes out and hits a spear off the ramp that's assault that's that man is a sociopath and and so now we have rusev coming back and this, they've actually mentioned over and over again this is for this is rusev trying to protect the honor of his wife and yet he loses because that's how you're going to tell the story that the guy who who is protecting the honor of his wife doesn't shouldn't win because we're we're not going to have that. It's just and the way that they had even the way that he had him lose, they had Roman Reigns no sell the accolade. Well, that match that that move is over. That move is done. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't use it on anybody. Uh, you certainly can't ever have him get his his title back from. Uh, Roman with that move because it doesn't work on him. So if you're if the all the things that that the you know the quote unquote you know I hate the term too IWC likes to bitch about Roman Reigns uh, was like booked to happen in this match. He was overpowered. Everybody was on his side. Uh, he uh, he no sold somebody's finishing move uh, in order to to and. Oh, he not even old, not even no sold that. He no sold blindness. He got his eyes raked, and then you know, three seconds later, hit a spear. So he was just built, booked to be this you know larger than life superhero, and that's what everybody who complains about him hates. So you know, it was this kind of a thing. It was basically a big fu to everybody who you know complains about Roman Reigns. We don't care. We're going to do this. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I really couldn't have. Uh, it's very much Bugs Bunny booking. Like, Bugs Bunny's a douchebag, you guys. Yeah. He's a real douchebag. But he's a baby face, and that's that's the way that WWE books their baby faces. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, he's your, new, you, he's your new United States champion. I, I don't have a problem with that. 
I think that maybe they think that putting him on this lower level might help him out. No, no, that's not the thing. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter what title he has. That's Mm-mm. not the thing. Mm-mm. I don't know. Um, I do know that there are people who are not with creative anymore who have reached out to me and talked about this. Yeah. And they say that they know that it is not the creative is well aware. Mm-hmm. It's one guy. Yeah. It's one guy. Wow. One dude who won't give up on it. One dude won't give up on it. I was told explicitly that it, it was pitched repeatedly. Direction with him. We've got to go a different direction with him. Nope. This is someone who was around during the Suffer and Suck at Dash promo, oh. mind you. And they said that that there were people that tried to say, don't do that. Don't do that. But one guy let it go through. Well, I guess two guys because Roman Reigns said it out of his mouth. Well, so he, he, he but, could just say, I'm not saying this shit. Yeah, but I feel like Roman Reigns is a good soldier. Like sure. he'll, do, he'll do whatever they tell him to do, and he'll never say fine. They, yeah. they could have him go out there with a, with a little beanie on his head, you know, with a little propeller spinning and a big lollipop. He'd say, sure, boss, whatever, because that's, that's the kind of guy he is. Because from, 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 from everything I've understood, Joe Anawai is a really good affable dude. He's, like, really nice to people. Everybody loves him. Oh, yeah. But, he's well liked back, very well liked backstage. Which is probably why he's he sucks at being such a dick to people. You know, like it never feels believable uh, unless you're going to have him just be a monster and never speak and beat on people. That's fine as a heel, but well, have you ever seen that fun. FCW promo where he makes fun of people? Yes, like it was really good. He was. Like, I think that the interviewer said, you're late. And he's like, what, were you busy at the dollar store or something? And I was like, man, that's good stuff. He, like, that's good stuff. In NXT, right before he joined the Shield, he was Leaki, that, that name, which I didn't really like the name. It looked like Leaky. That doesn't work. Yeah. But they, but his gimmick. Like you're facing a guy who's a constant stream of pee on, on paper. Not good. But th- his gimmick was, they called him the Thoroughbred, which was really cool. He, he wrestled in just briefs. You know, he didn't. He didn't have this. You know, body armor that he wears now. Uh, he looks good without it. You know, I don't understand their insistence on keeping him in the shield gear. It just keeps reminding us he, of the thing he used to be. You know, even that twenty years ago, D'Lo Brown was considered a heel for wearing body armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they try to portray this guy as one of the biggest baby faces in the company. Oh well. Yeah, oh well. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, the way I'll explain this match was a good match between two people who worked hard that had the battle of a crowd that was tired and really overbooked. It was really overbooked. Just way, 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 way overbooked. They they went back and forth. Either Rollins hurt his ribs or he was selling really well. Too early for, for me to find out any info about that, but if, if he was selling, he was doing a damn good job. Chris Jericho got involved. A ref bump happened. Stephanie McMahon sent out a new ref. <laughs> the old re- the new ref stops and checks on the new ref because that's his job, apparently. That's not what trainers are there for. Nope. He's- Rollins hits him with a, a pop-up powerbomb and wins. There were, there were some suckets thrown, obviously from Owens. Yeah. That's an ode to the Young Bucks. From Seth Rollins, it's maybe a shot at Triple H. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
your, your thoughts. Yeah, this was just one of those matches where, uh, you know, I've been waiting for a Owens-Rollins one-on-one match for years now. And, you know, they finally gave it to me, but it was like they didn't know what they wanted to do to end it. You know, like it was just it was just too much. Jericho coming down, wearing the, you know, Raw is Kevin Owens t-shirt and he gets involved and then there's a ref bump and then, you know, there's a, a, a pedigree and the, the crowd counts to 11 because that's that's how long they, they could have counted to if there was a ref and, and they sent out another. It's just like, just let these guys have a clean finish between the two of them. Well, hey, do you remember when Steve Austin counted his own pin? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it was his first title defense, wasn't it? He just counted his own pin. That, like, sure. what the hell? <laughs> I, I remember know. one time just... Paul Heyman, who was running the ECW show, ran out and counted the pin, which I guess he was technically – he could have argued that he was a licensed official. Yeah. I, he licensed himself in the moment. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but this was just, it was, the, the ending was so convoluted and it was convoluted without Triple H getting involved in any way. Like we all assumed that was going to, now it's been, it's been over a month. Like basically it's been about a month, four weeks since, since Triple H anointed Kevin Owens. And there's been no, he's, he's been, you know, present in his absence. You know, we, every, it's basically he's poochie. Everyone should, if Poochie's not around, everyone should always be saying, where's Poochie? You know, like that's, that, that's basically Triple H at this point. And, and I, I, I want him to be around. I would like for him to have answers because the longer he's not, the longer we have this thing of like, did Steph know or didn't she is the big question on Raw. And that's not enough of a question to keep me interested. Like, it's one of those things like if I wasn't being paid to cover Raw, I would not be watching it. I'd be, I, I'd be going to fight people get, for. People get mad. People get mad when when we say that, though. But I, I wouldn't be. I mean, I, I maybe I'd catch it on Hulu the day after. You know, I'd fast yeah. forward through some stuff. I wouldn't be watching three hours of it live. They don't. They don't. People, they, people automatically think that means that we don't like wrestling or something like that, and they go, "Well, why are you watching?" Well, it does. It pays our bills, and there are. We're not complaining that it pays our bills. There are much, much worse ways yeah, to, yeah, to make a living. Now, this is not. An easy – everybody thinks, oh, it's an easy job. It's not that easy of a job, especially when you have to watch Raw. Yeah. Right. You have to watch it, and you yeah. have to pay attention. Yeah. And that's easier said than done sometimes because otherwise I might, like, have it up on one screen and be playing Madden or something right. or, I don't know, brushing my teeth with coal or anything but watching Raw. There are – there's, like, okay, so Raw, SmackDown – uh, for me, well, I enjoy uh, I enjoy watching. Spider-Man. I enjoy. I'm, I'm talking about the sheer volume of the amount of wrestling that I watch in a week, mm-hmm. every week, is Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, TNA, main event, and superstars. So I don't know how many <laughs> that hours is, but that's a lot. Then you add twice a month a pay per view with a pre show. That's four more hours. So that's a lot to even, that's a lot even, to cover. And that's the thing. You are getting paid for it, right? And th- that's something that you can look forward to. You get, you can look forward to submitting your invoice every fourteen right. days. Yeah. The people that are watching, they don't get to look forward to submitting their invoice. They look forward to paying the nine ninety nine every month, and they're like, "Well, is this too much? How much time can I devote to this?" 
is this realistic? You know, I, you ha- I've said this before. You have baseball and football trying to figure out how they can speed up games mm-hmm. to make things quicker for the viewer. But you have MMA and pro wrestling. Like, how can we stretch this shit out? We'll get to some questions here, and then we will part. We will uh, transition into some UFC talk. Somebody says, "How would you book Nia's first loss?" Hmm. Depends on that. How far you want to take her, really? If is she going to be a champion? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on on who's. I can't. I would love to see it, but I don't know how you you write the story and book the match of her between between her and Charlotte. But I would love to see that match. Because Charlotte's always the powerhouse in whatever match she's in. So put her in the ring with Nia Jax. That might be interesting to have kind of like a, an arrogant heel versus a monster heel in, on a match at some point and have Charlotte somehow eke out the win. That'd be interesting. Uh, I, I, they've already done it with, uh, with Bailey, has proven that she can beat Nia Jax in NXT, although apparently that's not canon anymore because Nia, Nia Jax is unbeatable. But I would love to see little Sasha Banks against big Nia and see how Sasha would handle it. I think one of those three has got to be the one to beat her. And, we, and we've not seen that match yet, have we? Nope. Because uh, Sasha was gone by the time Nia made her real debut in NXT. Sasha was already up on main roster. Yeah, I, I like that idea because Sasha, Sasha and her haven't touched yet. So, yeah, yeah. Somebody asked what the grade for Clash of Champions is. Like, I find that so pretentious. Say and do a lot of pretentious shit, you guys. But, oh, well. I, I said C- minus earlier. I think it was, it was nothing terrible, but I think it was below average. What do you think, yeah. Alex? I, I'll probably just say C. I mean, no, there's nothing was spectacular, but nothing was awful. Some of the the booking sometimes was bad. Like, a non-finish... For uh, for Cesaro and Sheamus, which is a bad idea. The way that they booked the ending of Rusev Reigns was just a bad idea. Uh, and those were really bad. But there wasn't anything that was great to balance that out. So it's just basically, you know, a C. Somebody asked if tonight is really just a setup. Roman Rusev and Seth KO at Hell in a Cell. I think it's a setup. All of these guys against virtually the same people they were facing. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's because it was such a big success this time. Let's do it again in a month. Yep. You know, is WWE actively trying to lose fans? No, but they're not doing a good job retaining them. Yeah, especially with Raw, with SmackDown. SmackDown's doing some great stuff. I, I, it, it does. It boggles my mind how this is technically the same company. The stuff they do with the Raw people versus the stuff that they're doing over at SmackDown. As Rollins regressed in the ring and as a character, as a character, I'll wait and see because he's not full-blown yet. In the ring, maybe, because he has hurt people, and I think probably he's – I'm sure somebody said something to him, like, maybe chill out. Yeah, it's difficult. Like, the stuff that he is capable of doing as a real, real baby face, because now he's still, like, playing tweener-ish – like, he's still saying mean things to people, you know, like all this stuff. Like, if he was a hero, I would like to see him winning stuff with the Phoenix Splash. You know what I mean? I, 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 there's a point where he's going to have to give up the pedigree. That's not a thing that a babyface does if he turns babyface. So I would love to see, you know, him 
starting to win matches in a different kind of way, and then I, maybe I'll have a, something different. But right now, I feel like he's stuck in between things, and it's not helping his character either. Somebody says, why does WWE hate Anderson Gall- and Gallows? Losing all the time, shitty comedy characters. Yeah, these guys came in with so much buzz. Yeah. They, could, they never capitalize off this shit, and it's so weird. Anderson and Gallows are both passable in the ring. I'll never accuse either of them of being, of being best workers, but they're both legitimately hilarious dudes. Go watch mm-hmm. Talk and Shop. Yep. Watch, watch Gallows on Wrestling Road Diaries. Ride Along. I would watch a full season of Ride Along with just them and AJ. Yeah, Just put a GoPro in their car, and I'll watch 10 episodes of that. Yeah, it's. It, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if maybe they got. I don't know if it was done more to hurt New Japan than help them because around January, New Japan was getting some real momentum, some thing, real momentum. The thing is, if the directive is we're going to keep the titles on New Day forever, then the second most important tag team on Raw is is Gallows and Anderson by default because they're the ones who are always feuding with them. So they've gotten some non-title wins. Well, and, and Enzo and Cass are losing to Shining Stars every week, too. Yeah, well, they, they've, they've, those people, you know, those two have actually been hurt the most recently. I think. What I do think you mean, those, those people? Those people. You know, New York types. How brain-dead and incompetent is WWE's creative to think emulating WCW circa 2000 is what anybody wants? Yeah, that finish was bad. Yeah. That finish was bad. It just wasn't good. Somebody says, will Rollins confront Steph about being in uh, league with uh, Triple H for the Owens win on Raw tomorrow? I'm sure he will in some degree. Right, they're, they're, because that's going to be the only story there is until Triple H comes back, is whether or not Steph knew. They can string, they string this out until Survivor Series. It'll always be the same thing every Monday. Somebody asks, is the best move for WWE Owens versus Zayn Universal Championship main eventing Survivor Series in Toronto? You know, I was going to say I don't want that because they, they face each other so much, but that will be in Canada. In Toronto. Maybe yeah. in Toronto. Two out of three falls, sure. you know, an Iron Man match, something like that, a stip that will, like, really yeah. add something to it. Might be. And I'll get to 777's question. Uh briefly when I talk uh, UFC, but Alex, let the people know about your, your uh, reaction articles. As I mentioned, guys, fightful.com is the place to be. Uh, I know a lot of you just tuned in. A lot of you wondered where the Vince Russo show Matt Riddle show was on YouTube. What we do is we unlist those on YouTube for the first two or three days and they are exclusive for our members only go to that login or register button uh, at the top right of fightful.com register. Absolutely free. You'll get uh, access to that early on. So you'll have that as as it goes live within the first few days, all that good stuff. You also have access to tons of stuff. I listed it earlier. Go back and watch all of it because I'm not doing a five-minute pitch again. But uh, Alex does a lot of awesome work for us. As I've said many times, you can only find Alex's reaction pieces and his recaps at Fightful.com. I really think they're the most entertaining, period, anywhere. Uh, let, let them know a little bit about that, Alex. Uh, well, I cover uh, Raw and Lucha Underground live every week. Uh, so you can join me for those live viewing parties. Uh, suffer along with me for three hours every Monday. We, we usually have a lot of fun there. Uh, and Lucha Underground is just usually a whirlwind of great stuff. Uh, and then I do uh, three reaction pieces a week 
one for uh, for Raw, the Uncooked Raw reaction, one for SmackDown, the SmackDown react down, and then one for uh, NXT, Lucha Underground, and TNA, which is the midweek wrestling wrap-up, and those will come out every week. Uh, and, um, yeah, so those that's what I uh, usually dry every every uh, every week. And then and I'll be doing all the Raw brand pay-per-views and the dual brand pay-per-views. So the next time you'll see me will uh, for a pay-per-view will be, uh, I guess, Hell in a Cell, October 30th. Happy Halloween, everybody. He will be uh, with us on the the post raw or the post uh, pay per view podcast, and yep. hopefully, hopefully, all the raw is moving forward. I'm angling yeah. for that. I'm angling yeah. for that. I'll just say that you all like him a lot. So, uh, Alex, we will bid you adieu. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right, everybody. Bye. So we had the UFC Brasilia show Saturday night. Uh, Showdown Joe was in Japan at Ryzen. He was in the middle of a. Crazy Horse, Vanderlei Silva fight in the lobby. He'll be talking about that, and he ca- he called the action. We had a live stream up on Fightful.com and a live viewing party. So that's pretty cool. Our own Showdown Joe did that coverage. But we had Cyborg fighting on Saturday night. And she fought Lena Landsberg, and I was, Cyborg is supremely talented. She's really good. She's really, really good. But she doesn't have any competition. And having 135s come up and fight her, whether it be at 140 or 145, I don't want to see it anymore. And people are calling for a 145 division. There's nobody to fight in that division. And people say, well, they'll, they'll come. They'll come. No, they won't. They haven't came. It's not happening. Maybe maybe five, ten years down the road, but then Cyborg's 35 or 36, 41 years old. It's not happening. Not happening. Uh, Cyborg looked really good here. Got, got warned like four or five times about grabbing the fence. Uh, this is more of a me condemning the ref, Mario Yamasaki, than her. At some point, you have to take a point. Would not have changed the result of this fight a one bit. Lena Landsberg did last until the middle of the second round. Uh, respect to her for that. But Cyborg was just too much. Just too much. And uh, she's just really good, and there's nobody else good above 140. Marlos Kunin, maybe, but we've seen that twice, and Cyborg's won. Um, we had 777 on, on the podcast page asking, how do people call themselves an MMA fan and not realize that Cyborg's style is perfect for Ronda Rousey? Yeah, that's something I brought up a long time ago, and me and 777 had actually spoken about if Cyborg fought like she did in her fight against Leslie Smith, that'd be bad news for Ronda Rousey. She was striking at range a lot and hitting really powerful strikes. But then there were fights like this and most of her other fights where she'll clinch up against the cage, she works, the body lock, and if and she's only had like one straight knockout win. Like she overwhelms people and TKOs them, but not a lot of like straight knockouts. So the power is there. It just takes a it's not as definitive as what we've seen from Rousey punching people and knocking them out cold. I'm sure Cyborg's capable of it. She could knock anybody out. But uh, And 777 says Marlou's just lost to a bad fighter. Yeah, definitely. Ronda Rousey is a clinch fighter. That's how she should fight. Her coach is really shitty. He's really bad. He's ruined a lot of fighters. And she's gotten away from that a little bit. It used to be Ronda Rousey 
she would work to get into a clinch, send somebody ass over tea kettle, submit them, that's it. She started hitting pads with Edmund Averdian, and she thought that she was a world-class boxer. Now, does she have world-class power? Absolutely, Ronda Rousey has world-class power. She has the most straight knockouts of anybody in the UFC women's bantamweight division history. You don't see a lot of people in that women's bantamweight division knocking people out cold. Cyborg doesn't always do that either. She knocks them silly, and it gets stopped. Striking, unless Ronda Rousey catches Cyborg, then Cyborg's going to just obliterate her. But if Cyborg gets into the clinch like she did against Lena Landsberg and they're working up against the cage, I don't know how that works out for Cyborg. That's why this fight is so interesting. But, I mean, also, you know, there's a size difference and all that. Cyborg is huge. You don't realize how big Cyborg is. Ronda Rousey walks around at about, I think she says, 151. 153 and you know there's a lot of people that are going to troll and make fat jokes about all that stuff about ronda rousey she walks around 25 pounds lighter than chris cyborg so that's a lot that's a whole lot that is two and a half weight divisions that would be like uh, let me let me find a good example that would be like mm, it'd be like conor mcgregor fighting Tyron Woodley and Tyron, you know, Conor McGregor's fought at 170 before, but yeah, somebody says 160. Is that, that Ronda Rousey, her walking weight fluctuates. Let's be real. Sometimes she walks at 150. Sometimes she walks at 160. You know, it depends on how, how your diet is at that point. That's, that's perfectly fine, but it's the good and bad of Cyborg. She is, really fun to watch, but I didn't have fun watching her Saturday night because there was never any doubt. Nobody is unbeatable. Nobody is unbeatable, but you got to have her fight somebody else, just somebody else. But the thing is, it's like you don't want her to fight a 135 contender because if she knocks him off, then what's next for her? Who knows? Who knows? And I totally disagree with the idea of creating weight division for her. No way. Hennon Burrell beat Felipe Nover. I don't think Hennon Burrell beats anybody top five in that UFC featherweight division. I really don't. He's a fine fighter. Felipe Nover was is a guy who is, what, one in five now in his UFC career? Was two and one in his Bellator career? Lost a Dakota FC fight a few years ago? Not exactly the level of talent you would expect to face if, or you would expect to see a former UFC Bantamweight champion face. Roy Nelson, Bigfoot Silva. Boy, this was an interesting one. Two guys who probably shouldn't have been in the UFC anyway, anymore anyway, but Bigfoot's a guy that beat Fedor. He's also a guy that needs to be out of the UFC for his own health, for his own pocketbook. He has now won one of his last eight fights. He is probably the one guy, if you were to say, Sean, who's the guy who needs testosterone replacement therapy? It's Bigfoot Silva. He has acromegaly. He needs that physically. I don't know how he functions at a normal level throughout the day. I'm not saying, oh, I wonder how he does it. I'm not sure how he does it. Like, I really don't know if, if he needs it like throughout the day, like how that happens. But you got acromegaly. You need the testosterone replacement therapy that they banned. If he gets released from the UFC, which I would almost expect he would have to, he's going to get offers from Bellator and Ryzen. If I were him, I would fight for Ryzen. 
He is a known commodity in Japan. He fought there four times. He fought there for Sengoku. He fought there for Heroes. He fought there for a couple places. But he also beat Fedor Emelianenko, who is huge in Japan. This fight sucked so bad. The Silva-Roy Nelson fight. Roy Nelson doesn't put on a lot of exciting fights anymore. Just he doesn't. He just really doesn't. And he got knocked out, and Roy Nelson was not happy with Big John McCarthy. Big John McCarthy stopped the fight a little late for Roy Nelson's liking. And Roy Nelson, who claims he's on a three-fight winning streak, he's not. He lost to uh, Derek Lewis. So he has now won two of his last three, but also two of his last six. And he just beat the aforementioned Antonio Silva, who's having a rough go of it. He beat Jared Rochalt, who is cut from the UFC. Roy Nelson against people who is in the UFC right now is 2-11. and 11. So make of that what you will. He gave John McCarthy like a little boot to the ass. Not like a really hard one or anything, but a little nudge on his ass with his foot. And uh, to tell him, dude, you stopped that way too late and then flipped him off. And I understand his his frustration. He had every reason to be frustrated from a personal standpoint because – We've seen it doesn't take a lot to put Bigfoot out there. And as Roy Nelson said, to his credit, and a lot of respect to him for saying this, that's my friend. He's got to go home to his family. Here's the situation the UFC's in, and they may choose to ignore it altogether. Jason High was fired from the UFC a couple of years ago for like shoving, lightly shoving a ref. That precedent has already been set. Roy Nelson is a much bigger draw, despite his, his shortcomings of late, than Jason High was. But you've already set this precedent. Do you really want that being brought up? Plus, there, there will be a racial issue involved, too. Jason High is a black guy. Roy Nelson's a white guy. Do you really want to travel down that road? Is it really worth holding on to Roy Nelson to go down that road that will be traveled? Now, the business week hasn't started, so I wouldn't have expected to have heard anything by now anyway, although they may have cut Jason High the next day. I can't remember. Either way, and like I said, that's a that's a road I don't think you wanna wanna travel at, travel down. And you gotta if I were the UFC, I would probably just let Roy Nelson go. But then again, I'm not a big fan of Roy Nelson. Like personally, he says things like I'm in line for a title shot after he's won two of his last six fights. Uh, don't like that. Um, seven 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 says the thing is that fighting cat cyborg catchweight means nothing. You lose and nothing happens. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But they keep like, what's the point in these catchweight fights if you're going to have her face donks? You can have her face complete. And yeah, that's stealing a line from uh, Luke Thomas. But you can have her fight these these dorks at one forty five. What's the difference? Five pounds just. Cares? Is I, I flip flop on that that decision. I mean, they did create the 140 catch weight for her, but I mean, like, if this is the level of talent she's going to face, just do it at 145, and spare the poor girl that's going to get possible brain hemorrhaging, the 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 suffering of cutting that last five pounds and cyborg. What's the damn point? I don't get it. I don't get it. What else do we have on this card? Paul Felder defeated Francisco Trinaldo, Dr. Stoppage. Controversial stoppage, but yeah, Paul Felder's a good striker too. So, 
Hey, something to look out for. Eric Spicely beat top 15 uh, Tiago Santos in under three minutes with a rear naked choke. There were a lot of stoppages in that main card, five of them. Go to Fredo Pepe, defeated Mike uh, Delatore. Underrated fight on this show, well, an under-the-radar fight. Uh, Hussier uh, Formiga defeated Dustin Ortiz. This was a high-level flyweight fight, and Formiga is a guy that a lot of people don't talk about in that flyweight title picture, but he's won four of his last five. He lost a split decision to Henry Cejudo. So with a different judge, if one different judge was judging that fight in November against Cejudo, he could be riding a five-fight winning streak, and this is a guy who came into the UFC four years ago and was considered one of the top flyweights in the world already. So that's a guy that you got to kind of look out for. Right now, Mighty Mouse has the winner of Tough 24 on on his uh, up next on his docket. Maybe Wilson Hayes. I wouldn't mind seeing Wilson Hayes fight Formiga. Then the winner of that gets a shot at, at Mighty Mouse Johnson. I'd be completely cool with that. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, Alan Patrick defeated Stevie Ray, not of Harlem Heat fame, unfortunately. Gilbert Burns lost another one. He looked really promising coming into the UFC, or actually after his first three fights in the UFC, but couldn't put it together. Ronnie Yaya, five fights at Bantamweight, five wins. Or not five wins, five fights without a loss because there was an accidental headbutt that stopped the Johnny Bedford fight. Then he beat him with a Kimura right after that. So good for him. I used to play a game, World of Mixed Martial Arts 3 or 4. I think they're on the fourth one. If you all have ever played the wrestling game Extreme Warfare Revenge or Total Extreme Warfare, it's made by the same guy. And there was a real-world mod that a guy named Tag01 did. I'm a big dork for this this game, this MMA game. And Ronnie Yaya was, like, unbeatable in that game. But it actually predicted years before that Chris Weidman would beat Anderson Silva in back-to-back fights. So there's that, too like two a year or two before it happened. So whoever put together that mod and did those stats did a really good job. But yeah, it's a free plug for World of Mixed Martial Arts 4. Really, really fun game. I I wish that I had the time to play that these days because that's fun. And with all the Bellator signings, you can run through with Bellator, try to make something out of that. Eric Silva rebounded. Two straight losses for him. Uh, lost to Neil Magny. Nothing wrong with losing a split decision to Neil Magny. And Nordin Taleb, he beat, he uh, won by a rear naked choke with just a minute left in the fight. Good for him. Also won fight of the night honors. This is a guy who came into the UFC, another one with a lot of hype, came in at like, as like 12 and one and just couldn't stay consistent and has never stayed consistent. But he won submission of the night, fight of the night, submission of the night, performance of the night, fight of the night, performance of the night. He was always picking up those bonuses until a couple years ago, and he went through his first three consecutive fights without one, but then got one last night, so good for him. UFC Fight Night Portland is next weekend. I know that King of Strong Style, King of Indie Style, whatever the hell he wants to be called, one of our good mods, uh, wants me to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to talk more about it at length on Wednesday with Showdown Joe. By the way, if you don't know our podcast schedule, every Monday after Raw with Alex Pawlowski, who is here. Tomorrow we're going to have Trina on, who you may know as the Marky Smark. I hate those terms. I hate the term Mark or Smark because I think, you know, in IWC, everybody's got the damn internet. I never call my fans IWC fans. I call them just readers or viewers. But she'll be on. She's a wonderful, wonderful young lady. Uh, 
very opinionated. Uh, Tuesday night, we're on with Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. Wednesday evening, with Showdown Joe, who calls the action for Titan FC on UFC Fight Pass, as well as Ryzen. He called on Mirko Krokop's fights this weekend. Thursday afternoon is with uh, Matt Riddle. We're working on getting him some new equipment. I know some of you are worried about the volume on his shows. He does them via phone while we're working on getting him equipment, but we will. He's wrestled for PWG Evolve. He fought in the UFC. Man, that dude is just fun to sit around and bullshit with. That is a much more laid-back show. He's not always up on the news, but he's always got good opinions that really make sense. Like, he's an underrated mind, that guy, in both MMA and pro wrestling. Friday, as always, of course, Vince Russo and myself. That's turned into another show where we just kind of we talk about the news, talk about this and that. It's more of a laid-back show. Because if you get Vince on a show review, you know, he's probably not going to like it because he doesn't like a lot of contemporary wrestling, and that's that's his prerogative. But for a lot of those shows, register at Fightful.com, and you will get uh, exclusive early access to those shows. UFC Fight Night Oregon has John Lineker versus John Dodson. That's going to be a banger. What a fight that is. High-level bantamweight fight. Will Brooks, Cowboy Oliveira, that's another good one. Luis Smoka is fighting Brandon Moreno. Luis Smoka, after he, he – Sergio Pettis pulled out of the fight against Luis Smoka, and Smoka posted this video saying, oh, hope your injured vagina is okay. Here's a tampon, yada, yada, and he got – oh, he just got hammed on social media, as he probably should have. It's like uh, – Sergio Pettis isn't afraid of Luis Smoka. And Luis Smoka's a great fighter. He's a really good fighter. But he better hope that he doesn't catch like a, a left hook or something from Moreno and look like a real fool because he is expected to win this fight and win it dominantly. He really is. Uh, Walt Harris on the car. I love heavyweight fights, and there are two of them on this show. You just never know what's going to happen in these fights. They could – 12 seconds, that could be it. Nate Moorcourt versus Tamden McCrory. That's a pre- preliminary uh, fight as the, the featured fight pass show, or the featured fight pass fight, rather. That should be fun. Nate Morcard. Everybody just thought he was done. Like, I thought he was done, too. And he knocked out C.B. Dalloway in December, but also got put away by Tiago Santos and not had the easiest go of it of late. Guys, lots of cool stuff coming up on Fightful.com. Like I said, more viewing parties than anywhere else. MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. Our boy Carlos Toro got uh, got an exclusive interview that's going to go up on our boxing section this week. Former NFL star Ray Edwards, now boxer. So that's going up soon. Uh, Jimmy Van, our owner, wrote columns. Uh, we have Vince Russo's written raw blog every Tuesday, early, late Monday, early Tuesday type of thing. So check that out as well. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up. It really helps. Also, subscribe if you wouldn't mind. It really, really helps us out. I want to thank you guys so much for all the support you, you've given us. Also, before we go, I want to uh, extend my condolences to the family of Katie Prager. She was a girl who lived uh, actually just right up the road from me. And many of you may have read about her and her husband on CNN or TMZ. It's been covered a lot. Her and her husband had uh, cystic fibrosis and battled it and battled it for years. And we lost both of them within two or three days of each other. And it was a real tragedy Two great human beings that uh, I was fortunate to, to have known. And it, it 
hit the community really hard because she was a very beloved person and neither one of the two had a fair shake at life. And that is, it's horrible because the life expectancy of someone with cystic fibrosis isn't very long anyway. And they were taken well before that. And I just wanted to extend my condolences to them for that. Normally I wouldn't bring something like that up on the air, but it's very, very, very public. Like to the point, I mean, there are, news crews and everything all over our town. Also, rest in peace, Arnold Palmer and Jose Fernandez. What a tragedy, man. One of the greatest pitchers in baseball today. We lost him too. And Arnold Palmer, one of the greatest in golf. Guys, join me tomorrow right after Monday Night Raw for the Fightful podcast with Alex Pawlowski and Trina. Also, please visit Fightful.com. Bookmark it. We're making changes all the time. The site is very much not finished, you guys. We launched it in July, and we are pretty damn happy with the numbers so far. Like They're, they're looking really good. You'll see our ads on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Reddit and things like that. But uh, we need your help as well. You guys are very important to us, and I treasure each and every one of you. I want to thank you all so much. But until next time, guys. Oh, by the way, iTunes is coming soon. Y'all been asking. It's coming soon, I promise. I've been saying it for a long time. That and Stitcher should be on its way. If you want to download it via audio, I'll have it up in a few hours. Uh, You can download an MP3 file of it, or you can stream it on the site, fightful.com slash podcast. Guys, until next time, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.